This is the Making Millionaires Podcast, an educational resource for anyone that wants to change their family tree. All it takes is the application of a little hard work and discipline. I'm Andrew, your host. Hey, what's going on, guys? This is Andrew from the Options Millionaire Community coming at you with Episode 8, Season 2 of the Making Millionaires Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about long-term investing, a topic that I'm very, very passionate about. In fact, I'm more passionate about long-term investing than day trading. I think the day trading is fantastic, but for me, at least, day trading and the quick investing, the quick style investing, the means for that is to pump all those profits into long-term investments, whether it be real estate or your stock portfolio. Uh, real estate is really my main bread and butter, but however, today I'm going to be talking about the stock portfolio, long-term stock portfolio. All the profits that are skimmed off from my day trading go into my long-term trading portfolio, and I'm also funding a long-term portfolio. Anytime I have any kind of extra profits, extra money laying around, I'm always funneling into my long-term investments and buying up stocks whenever I can. I think the key to real generationally changing wealth is to invest in the stock market in a long-term perspective and real estate, of course, but the long-term portfolio, you're never going to achieve the big gains over the course of decades if you're not buying up stocks. You're always going to be looking back and saying, man, I wish I would have bought, I wish I would have bought, or hey, you know, I know a buddy who, you know, is still holding Amazon for 30 years and he's rich, you know, but you're never going to get those style returns if you're not buying in the stock market. The market beating those long, long returns over the course of years and years, decades and decades, it's unbeatable. It's unbeatable. You can't beat those style of returns. Thousands of percent return profits instead of just, you know, we're talking about, you know, five, 10% returns on day trading, but you can't beat thousands of percent returns over the course of 30, 40, 50 years. I know it's hard to get started, especially when you are a young kid. I remember when I was 18, yes, I did invest in a 401k, but when I was 18, like I had no desire to take any of my hard-earned money that I wanted to go play golf or spend, you know, drinking and partying uh, and put it in the stock market. I wanted that money so I can go have fun, you know, and go hang out with girls and my buddies. I didn't want to go, you know, throw that at the stock market. But if you just take a little bit of money, even if you have if you even if you can like pile up enough money to open up an E-Trade or Fidelity or whatever account you want to do and just start buying stock one at a time. It's amazing the returns that you will see over the course of even 20 years, much less 30, 40, 50 years. You start buying at 18 and you accumulate hundreds of shares of stocks, thousands of shares of stocks over, until you're 60, the wealth that you will have generated will be incredible, absolutely incredible. So how do you get started? That's the first question. How do you get started? I don't care if you are you know, 50, 40, 30, 18. I don't care if you're 12 or 14 or somewhere. If for, for some reason I've got a 14 year old, a 13 year old listening to the podcast, I mean, go ask your parents, Hey, open up a investing account in your name, put some money in there, let them manage it until you're 18. But I mean, you could do it as early as possible. You take some money, you start buying up stocks. I would recommend SPY, QQQ ETFs right off the bat, SPY being number one. You can't beat the returns of the S&P over the course of decades. So start investing in that and then start buying some heavy hitter blue chips, some heavy hitter big, the big mega stocks like Apple, Amazon, Microsoft. Those are the three I've got that are massive. I've got a considerable amount of SPY, QQQ. Apple and Amazon are my two holdings by far. Uh, you know, there's, after that, there's a whole plethora of other stocks, but those are just the main bread, bread and butter ones. Start doing SPY, and once you get enough of that, you may go maybe you know try to save up and buy one share of, of Amazon. Then want some Apple. Apple's a fantastic stock, especially when we start talking about splits. Which, by the way, I'm I'm hearing more and more uh, rumblings around the around the news fear about SPY going to split. Uh, that's a conversation for another day, by the way. 
But that's all you do. You know, just there's nothing fancy here. You are buying SPY. You're buying income producing stocks that are going to stand the test of time, that are going to withstand geopolitical climates, going to stand changes in economic policy, changes in political policy, and what have you. And that's what you want to do, withstand the test of time over the course of 20, 30, 40 years. Now, how do you actually do that? So how much money should you allocate towards long-term investing? Well, that's really a conversation for some personal finance, which also I love. Your first rule of thumb is to rid yourself of all consumer-style debt, uh, car loans, um, I would say student loans, but these days, I mean, student loans are pretty much just as high as mortgages these days, and it's not practical. You want to get started ASAP. But basically, any kind of credit card debt, student loans, anything silly like that that you need to pay off, uh, make sure you get that done. That's primary because your income is the number one asset that you have to generate wealth. And if your income is being dispersed towards liability payments, you're never going to be able to generate any kind of real wealth. You're never going to be able to invest those in the market. So once you pay off all of your liabilities, your consumer liabilities, I would take take anywhere between 10 to 15% in addition to the 15% you should be putting in the 401k and start throwing it into the market. Don't get fancy with it. Now, if you want to do like a 13% and then 2% in, in two-day trading, but that's a good ratio, uh, always put more into your long-term. The long-terms are bread and butter. And then uh, especially if you're beginning, you don't you don't really know about day trading. Put a little bit of day trading, and then reallocate that amount to a larger amount once you get more comfortable and more profitable in your day trading, and you're not blowing up accounts left and right. Uh, I'd rather you be blowing up account in your day trading when it's only you know a couple hundred bucks rather than a couple of thousand dollars because you need to learn small and then tiptoe in and get bigger and bigger and bigger. But I would say anywhere from 10 to 15 percent into your long-term trading portfolio once your consumer debt is paid off, and start buying up everything. SPY, QQQ, Apple, Amazon, Microsoft, Facebook, NVIDIA is a big one that's going to be around for a while. There's a whole bunch that we could talk about. Uh, my, my portfolio, in addition to the big, easy stuff that everyone knows about, I am diversified in both REITs, real estate, and in defense stocks. Y'all know me. I'm a big proponent of the defense stocks. I think there's considerable growth, especially with the hit that they took in 2020, and they're still down. Like Boeing, for example. Boeing is my shining golden child. Uh, that's the one that's going to pay off huge. I've, I've reallocated a significant amount of funds into Boeing because they are still down from the 300 plus highs in uh, before Corona. Corona took them down to 140-ish, uh, and I have been throwing money in ever since. The, the Boeing is one of the backbones of aviation in both in the commercial aviation industry as well as military aviation in the government, and they're going to be here for a long period of time. They're not going anywhere. So uh, Boeing is a huge one that I've thrown considerable money in, and I will I will continue to throw money into Boeing until they're at least in the upper 200s, lower 300s. And Raytheon, Lockheed Martin, those are some big defense stocks that I've got, especially Raytheon, who's a dividend-producing stock, a dividend-producing ticker, so they're they all allocate some dividends. Raytheon throws dividends, SPY throws dividends. You have all these income-producing dividend stocks that are throwing you dividends every single quarter. And you can either allocate those dividends back into your portfolio in the terms of shares, or you could draw that money out and live off that money once you're old enough, which is precisely what a lot of people choose to do. It's not my preferred way to generate wealth on a primary basis, but a lot of 60-year-olds that I know, their portfolio is primarily dividend-producing stocks, and they just draw that dividend every quarter, and that's what they actually live off of in addition to their Social Security and their 401ks and whatever else they do. But for me personally, I don't necessarily like that because one, the dividends that you get are not going to be able to be taxed at the capital gains rate, tax rate. They're, ca they're taxed at your normal W-2 income rate. So 
I want to allocate my resources more. That's an income that's going to produce in the form of capital gains tax, which we also know is a lower taxable rate. So all that to say is start young, start now. It's never too late. Start throwing money into the stock market. Now, I will caveat with that under these unique conditions where the market is on the kind of the edge of falling because of the corona. If you are in your 50s, I would probably be a little conservative about throwing money into the market because we are on the precipice of a crash or some sort of drawdown at least. And I would hate to see someone lose 30, 40, 50% of their money in the stock market and then not have time to recoup that before you go into retirement. So, you know, obviously go with this error of error on the side of caution going into the next year or two in the stock market. And then, uh, but if you're younger, it doesn't matter. Start putting, start buying, start buying now. Now, having said that, there are two different types of long-term investing in the stock market. One is the one we just talked about. It's the investing for the decades. You are interested in putting money into the market and you forget about it. And then decades later, 30, 40, 50 years later, you start drawing those profits. And then the other type of long-term investing is more of a trend style trade where it goes anywhere from eight to nine months to years. Uh, you're not looking at the decades, but you're still looking at the years, if not uh, maybe longer months, maybe a little, a touch less than a year. It's a fantastic style of trading. I actually dabble in this a little bit. There's occasionally where I will pop in and out of a stock in a year and a half, you know, nine months to a year and a half, somewhere in there, because it's a stock that's not necessarily has its footing in the American economy yet in terms of decades, but they're still a heavy hitter. And I just call this my trend trading. And all it is is really an observation of the 34 simple moving average and the 50 simple moving average. So what I'll do is I'll take a perspective ticker stock and I'll plot it and I'll throw on the 50 simple moving average and the 34 simple moving average. And whenever the 34 simple moving average is crossing up through the 50 is when I'll enter the stock and I will hold that stock while the 34 is remaining above the 50. Anytime the 34 crosses back down below the 50, I will exit the position. And I'll continue to do that forever. If I find a stock I like, I'll sit there and I'll just pop in and out of that thing over the course of years. As long as the 34 stays below the 50, I'm out. As long as the 34 crosses up over the 50, I'm back in. And I will continue to do that until that stock becomes a footing in the economy. Tesla was a primary example of this. I did not trust Tesla until about three years ago. And that's precisely what I was doing. I knew about Tesla ever since like back in 2012. And I would pop in and out of it. I knew they were an up-and-comer. I knew they were a heavy tech-based company doing, obviously, what they do is, is ERs. And every time the 34 dropped below, I would pop out. Every time the 34 would go back over, I would pop back in until they became a foothold in the market, which happened in about 2019. And I started buying it up. And I have an average price in about the hundreds. And then I exited the stock altogether in the 600s uh, once. And I held that throughout the, the entirety of 2022. Or I'm sorry, 2020. Uh, so... Two different types of investing, long-term investing and trend trading. Uh, trend trading is a 3450. It's very simple. You do not need very many indicators. Some people use the RSI to augment that and a couple of other uh, simple moving averages to kind of give them a little bit more. But for me, the 3450 crossover is a very effective and yet simple uh, indicator for me to enter and exit a stock. Now, remember, don't confuse that with my long-term investing. I am never exiting a stock on my long-term portfolio unless there is a material breakdown in the thesis to hold that thing over the course of years. If I think for some reason a particular ticker is going to have a major drawdown, I will exit the stock. Uh, but that is just about it. I will not touch my long-term portfolio unless there's a significant reason as to why I want to exit. Tesla and, and Netflix were the two that I've recently that I've exited from my long-term portfolio. Uh, I held Tesla until they were in its, in its 600s, and then I removed it because I thought the price was uh, quite extended. 
And then obviously I was wrong about that one, but uh, I think everybody was wrong about Tesla in the past few years. In addition to that, I removed Netflix in June of 2021 because I thought that it, it had fulfilled its rally due to the um, nature of the Corona market. I think it, you know the price of Netflix skyrocketed because everybody was staying home from Corona and they were watching Netflix. So I elected to close out my Netflix position in June of 2021 because I thought that it had hit its peak. But other than that, I have not touched uh, any exit positions on my long-term portfolio in a very long time. So why would you do one of the other, one of the other? The the shorter term investing, the 30-54 the, the crossover is more for profit. So you're looking to generate some sort of yearly profit, a yearly income that's not as stressful as day trading. Uh, the long-term stuffing is what I call wealth investing. The wealthiest people I know have a very, very large allocation into the stock market. And I learned that a long time ago. So if you want to start thinking about some generating long-term generational changing wealth, you have to start investing in the stock market. Have you ever talked to somebody and they said, man, I wish I would have bought Bitcoin in 2008. I wish I would have bought Tesla in 2013. I wish I would have bought Amazon in 1998. Wish I would have bought you know, Microsoft back in, you know, way back in the 80s. I think we've all heard those stories and actually wished the same things yourself. But you're never going to do that if you don't stop long-term investing. These people that held Amazon from 1998, they didn't have some magic ball where they went and bought up Amazon. It's just they were doing long-term investing. They were buying up all the good stuff. They bought, you know, they bought Amazon uh, 1999, 2000. And they held it for, what, 21 years now. And, you know, the stock price has gone from 19 bucks to now what 3400 3300 and that's after multiple stock splits so there are thousands well no he hasn't done a stock split in quite a long time but still thousands of percents uh gains on those positions but you're never going to get those big thousands of percents gains three thousand four thousand five thousand percent gains if you're not holding long term so highly encourage you if you are 18 years old 19 years old you are the prime candidate to start changing your life you think a little bit's not enough but a little bit is enough. And then, of course, in addition to stock trading, you need to be doing 15% in your 401k. I don't care what your circumstance is. 15% into your 401k right now. And you do not stop. I promise you. I have seen some of my coworkers who have just about, who are about the same age, who have just about the, si- t- the same time of you know career, and I've seen their balances in their 401k. Some of them, not all of them. Obviously, people don't talk about that stuff. But the few people I'm closer with who didn't start allocating 15% till very much later. And my balance in my 401k is multiple times bigger than theirs, multiple times bigger than theirs, because I've been allocating 15% since the day I turned 18. 15% allocation, and most people only do 5% because they want to take advantage of their employer match, which is great. And 5% will, you know, it'll, it'll build something. But allocating 15% in uh, over the course of now what's going on, 15 years in addition to your is multiple times bigger and the balance will reflect it. And once you hit about your mid thirties, that's when I saw the real curve on my, on my portfolio go exponential. And that's before that's even before Corona. Corona is a whole different beast entirely of the the raging of the stock market. I think everybody's 401k has absolutely just gone bonkers, but your account balance starts right about if you start at 18, by the time you're in your mid thirties, the curve starts to go exponential. Um, it's the the it's it's insane. Like once you hit about a certain dollar amount, it just goes whoop, and there it goes, and the gains start getting crazy. So highly encourage you to uh, TSP four hundred one k fifteen percent, no matter what. If you can do more, if you've got no consumer debt and you can max it out, just make sure you're maxing it out. You know, try to if you, if you don't have consumer debt and you don't have a lot of expenses and you got a little disposable income, try to max it out. 
at least for a few years, try to go max out. And then after you do that for a few years, then you can take the extra money and reallocate it somewhere else. But there's a whole bunch of different ways to, and then we'll, we'll get into the whole realm of personal finance in another episode, but personal finance is, is a huge, huge topic for me. And I love it because I'm passionate about it. So we could talk about this all day long, but all that to say is, you know, the thing 15% to 401k allocate at least 10, an additional 10 to 13% at the, at the max into long-term investing. And then a few percentage points into day trading until you get the real hang of it. Uh, and that is a good, good basis on which to start and you can adjust as needed. Now, when to pull that money out, when to shut it down, we kind of talked about it briefly. Uh, really, unless you've got a 2008 or a hopefully a 2022 or not hopefully, unfortunately, it's coming though, uh, a 2022 situation where the market is on, is on the verge of tanking. Uh, that's the only indication where I would go to cash. Cash is a fantastic position. In inflation would be one of the big indicators. 2008 was hard to see for most people because the media outlets was posting everything as if nothing was wrong. And we had the, you know, the adjustable rate mortgages and the junk bonds uh, that actually blasted the economy and the housing market. Not a lot of people saw that coming. And unfortunately, people were pulling money out at the bottom, which is not what you want to do. You want to pull it out at the top, which is virtually impossible to time. However, in this particular market, we have inflation staring us right in the face. And now is a good time to to be thinking about going to cash if that's something you're inclined to do, which I will be doing some if we do have some writing on the wall and are facing a 30% drawdown just because I like buying things low and selling high. Uh, but this is the only time I've ever since I opened this account where I was even considering going towards a cash position, uh, although it may not even do it. You know, I'm here for the long haul. And what you don't want to do is pull the money out and you think it's, you know, think things are over and you hold and the thing bounces and you ended up you know, either losing money or you enter at a higher price or you don't, you know, it's just a lot of time wasted because you didn't even catch the dip. Or you do what a lot of people did in 2008 is you pull your money at the bottom of the market and then you re-enter back at the top. So, you know, that's why you lost thousands of dollars. People were pulling the money out when the Dow hit 8,000 and thinking that the world was over. And then the Dow, you know, here we are a couple of years later and they're right back where it was. And now we're at 30,000. So people were entering their money back in breaking even and they lost all that money. So, uh, you got to be careful playing with long-term portfolios and trying to time market corrections because you can get smoked and uh, it's very, virtually impossible to tell the tip of it. All that to say is that get comfortable remaining in cash. You don't really necessarily need to worry about going to cash and long-term investing unless you are in your later years. If you're 50, 60, that's when you would want to consider taking some risk off the table and going toward diversifying into a, uh, a lower risk portfolio. Anyway, y'all, that's all I got. A little bit of a conversation about long-term investing. We're going to be talking more and more about that going into 2022 as we attempt to change our family trees and start creating some generationally altering income. Thank y'all for being here. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this podcast. As always, remember, the only thing separating you from financial greatness is the decision to be better. I'm Andrew with the Options Millionaire Community. I'm out.